Amen. Good morning. Merry day after Christmas. It's good to be here. Uh, hopefully you all had a, a good day celebrating with your families yesterday. Maybe there was some homecoming of gathering back together and you as kids are like, some of your toys have already started losing their luster and newness because you've played with them so hard the last 24 hours, which is, which is great. I'm sure some of you parents are still cleaning up uh, wrapping paper and all of the, the, the things that go along with celebrating Christmas and, and maybe your fridges are full of extra leftovers and today is all about eating what's left and celebrating. So hopefully uh, you are able to uh, come this morning with open hearts and ready to, to receive what the Holy Spirit is, has for you. I feel like I should be giving candy to the front row here. Like you, you're like really like are here, you're in it, spit zone. So welcome. So uh, it's, it's, no, I, don't, I try not to spit too much when I, when I teach, when I, when I preach, but you know, never know what happens this morning if I get excited. So I will draw attention to this postcard, kids. I do want you to make some noise. I do have a box of candy at my feet. And if you make noise, if I say any of these words, it says, listen for Pastor Bryce, but he's not teaching, so you have to listen to me this morning. Uh, and if I say any of those words, and I promise you, at least four of the five will get said within the first few minutes uh, of the morning. So, uh, but I do have some candy, and I, if you raise your hands or make some noise, I will, I will get it to you some way uh, this morning. As I was thinking about uh, this morning and, and this idea, we've been talking about welcome home. Welcome home for Christmas, and Christmas is all about coming and gathering and bringing all the, the, the family members back together. I was, I was thinking about this idea of, of homecoming football games, right? I've been at many Manor Central football games. I've been in the locker room with the, with the teams and, and pre-game, kind of that excitement of, uh, we're going to go out onto the field, and they're going to play in front of the audience of people who have all come back to celebrate where they're from. There's this identity with this homecoming. There's, you, you were a Baron. Maybe you played for the Baron football team. Maybe you went to Manor Central High School. And, and homecoming is all about gathering back together and celebrating this idea. We have this, this, this identity, this, this, this sameness, right, uh, of being from the same place. And maybe for you, as your families gathered over the last few days, there was kind of this, this hey, we're gathering back together because we, we all are coming from the same place. We're coming back home again. And these, these homecoming football games are, are, are this is a unique energy and excitement wrapped around those weekends. Maybe you, you've gone to homecoming celebrations, maybe you haven't, but uh, there's something unique about those moments. And as I was thinking about homecoming last night, uh, fairly late as I was preparing uh, later on in the evening last night than I normally would like to, uh, but uh, I, because I got a call, you know, Bryce sick. Uh, but we're not going to make a big deal about it. Uh, but he was not feeling well, and he said, hey, can you, can you fill in this morning? So, uh, so I, was, I was driving home maybe around 11 o'clock last night, you know, kind of thinking about what I wanted to share this morning. And, and a song came on the radio, a song that I've been, been like listening to and, and heard over the last few months, and it's kind of one that I really enjoy. And I, no, don't worry, I'm not going to sing this morning, I promise. I've used my one singing on stage for the year a couple weeks ago, and so I won't, I won't sing this morning for you. I can't do that to anyone in this room, even myself. But the song is called Homecoming, and it's by Bethel Music, and, and it's just this song about uh, this celebrating, God celebrating the homecoming of his people. And it's, it's what Jesus had done on the cross and, and going to the tomb, and he provides a way for, for people to come home. 
And it's this beautiful, these beautiful lyrics of, uh, of coming home to be with Jesus. And as we, as we think about this story that we're unpacking over this Christmas season, this prodigal son, this story about so, a son coming home, which Pastor Bryce unpacked on Christmas Eve services, we also recognize in this story there's a second son, a second son who was living at home but was gone all along. He wasn't actually at home. He was, he was distant. He was, he was consumed by doing things and was missing out on the grace his father was providing him all along. Did anyone hear the word? Okay, so I have to remember to look. I apologize. Where are my spotters out here? Did I, how many words did I say so far? I said father. Here, come on up. If you, I'm not going to throw this because I'll... I saw you with your hand. Okay, I said father. Here you go. There's a piece of candy. Here's a piece, everyone wants candy, all right? If you're in the back, come grab a piece of pack of candy there. I'm not going to take time to do that. So if you hear me say a word, I give you permission to get up and run and get candy. Is that fair? Joel's, Joel's everyone, not you. Okay. Hey, Adam, watch him for me. Okay, you got him? Okay. It's my spotter. All right, so... The father was extending grace, right? He was, he was extending grace to both his sons. And so this story in John 15, I, I, yeah, come on, thank you. Thank you for coming and getting candy. There's all kinds of con- flavors in there. So in this story in John 15, right, we see this story and Jesus sets up the story uh, of these lost individuals, we see in the beginning of John 15, Jesus gather, coming and he's sitting with, this is awesome. <laughs> this is great. Listen, if Pastor Bryce was here, it would be done, man. It would be over. He wouldn't be able, this is great. I love you guys. Now, did you, which word did you hear me say? Which word did you hear me say? <laughs> you already got a piece of candy for Father. All right. Okay. It's all right. Listen, we got to have fun, right? It's a family. Kids like candy. Don't, don't spoil your appetites for lunch, though, okay? All right. So we see in John 15, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to stay focused for about 20 minutes, and then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have fun here this, this morning. All right. So we see in John 15, Jesus sitting with some tax collectors and sinners. He's having this conversation, and they're coming because they want to hear what Jesus has to say. But not only are, but the, the Pharisees are also there with Jesus, right? There's another word, if you let Pharisees on there. The Pharisees are also there with Jesus, listening, and the Pharisees are upset because they're like, hey, these tax collectors and sinners, they don't belong here. They're not supposed to be here with us. And so Jesus launches into this story. He sets up three stories, right, of, of things being lost. He talks about the lost coin and, and the lost sheep, and then he goes into the story of the prodigal son. And on, on Christmas Eve, Pastor Bryce talked about the first part of the prodigal son. He talked about the, the younger son who goes to his father, and he says, Father, I, I, don't, I want what's, what's belong, what, I, what belongs to me. Give me my inheritance. Give me my, my, my rightful belonging. And I'm going to go, and, and the, boy, the son goes, and he spends it all in, in, in living. That is, that is not what we would want our sons to do. And, and this, this younger son finds himself 
in the pig trough, desiring something better in a place, this dark place of like, I, I, could, I could be doing better. I could be living a better life. And so he comes to his senses and he says, I'm going to go back to my father. I'm going to ask for forgiveness and I'm going to ask to be even a servant in my father's home and I will live there. And so that's the younger son, the story of, uh, of this boy who, who leaves and, and comes back. And we see the father, his heart of love and grace and compassion, running after the younger son, running after him and, and with great love and compassion, saying, welcome home. And he throws this huge homecoming party for this younger son because the lost had been found. The one that was, was like dead is now alive. And we pick up the story this morning in Luke 15, verses 25 to 32, and we want to talk about the other brother, the older son. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along with me, or you can follow on the, script, on the screen as well. Luke 15, verse 25. Now his older son was in the field. And he came and he drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing. There was a party. And he called one of the servants and asked what these, what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father was, has killed a fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him but he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you, and I have never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when, his son, when, when this son of yours came, who had devoured your property on living that was not good, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you were always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and to be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So in summary, we see this older brother. He had, he had stayed home. He had he'd kept after the father's Things he'd done all the chores. He had he had checked all the the lists and was constantly at work and making sure that things were being done for at home. And I imagine that in in some way over the course of years he was thinking about his younger brother out there somewhere partying, having a good time, no responsibility, and and his older brother begins to feel uh, resentment. And bitterness because he was like, man, my brother, he's out doing whatever he wants to, and I'm here at home. I'm, I'm doing what, my, what the father asked, us to do, asked me to do. And so this bitterness turns into unforgiveness. It turns into resentment. It turns into an attitude of like, I'm never going to forgive my younger brother for what he's done. And, be, he, he, and he no longer can recognize him as a brother because he's like, he's, he's lost to me. He's just angry. He's bitter. And he's missing out on the reality that he's living in his father's home the entire time. The same grace that's being extended to the younger brother is he's living in it every day. But he's so consumed by bitterness and entitlement 
that he misses it out. He's missing on it. On, at Christmas Eve, we talked about this idea of coming back to the Father, and we celebrated this idea that this younger brother, these, we as, as lost individuals can come back to the Father. No matter what we've done, no matter what we've done, we have the ability to come back to the Father, and, and Jesus has provided this way. His birth was a way for us to be able to come back. And as we look at the older son this morning, we, I really see three things that I want to talk about, three attitudes, three, three things that I think can cause us to be like the older son, the older brother. And if we're not careful, our attitudes and, and these things can creep in and, and we can, be, can become more like the Pharisees and have attitudes where we're like, hey, wait, the tax collectors, the sinners, they're not allowed here because they're not in the right place. They've done all the bad stuff. They, they're not, they don't belong but the Father is saying, it doesn't matter. My grace is extravagant. My grace is sufficient for everyone. The first thing I see in, in the older brothers is, is his entitlement. The older brother feels entitled. He stayed, he's lived, he's, he's continued to do the things his father had asked him to do. And because he's been doing this, he feels like he's earned something. He feels like he's earned this reward, and, and so he's entitled. Like, Father, I'm entitled to that party. I'm entitled to get the calf or even just a small goat to celebrate because I'm the one who's been here doing your work. And this entitlement causes him to lose out, lose sight of the grace of the Father. In verse 29, he says, look, these years I've been here, I've been serving you. I've never disobeyed. I've always done your command, and yet you, gave the, you haven't given me a goat. I deserve a party. I'm entitled because I've been here. We get that when we become entitled, we can quickly lose sight of our calling, our mission. The second thing we see, I think, in the older son is that he becomes self-righteous. He has an attitude of self-righteousness He's trying hard. He's living for his God. He's, he's doing everything he can to earn his father's love. And it's based upon my own doing, my own self-righteousness that I earn that love of the father. And so he, he's living, older son's living, he's working, he's, he's doing all this stuff. And, and, and his goal is what? To earn the father's love. And in, in doing so, he becomes a little self-righteous. He loses sight of what Ephesians 2, 8 says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, but is a gift of God. Nothing the older son could do would cause his father to love him more or less. He was living in his father's house. He didn't have to work to receive the love. He was in it, living it but yet he felt like he needed to do more to earn that love. And in doing so, he began to believe a lie that he deserved a party, a reward for all his good things he was done doing. But the reality is the celebration was a natural overflow, an outpouring of the love of the Father. It was something he was going to naturally do because he, he desired to celebrate what his kids were doing. See, the older son was unable to celebrate because he had lost vision. He had lost 
the meaning of what, me, what it's like to bring the family back home. He got confused. He got distracted. He got overwhelmed with the reality that he needed to do more, live a certain way, be a certain way, and that's the only way I can receive the grace. He got caught up in doing the work of the Father and missed out on the grace of the Father that he lived in freely every day. You might be thinking this the story that Jesus is telling to, to these listeners and to us as we read is, is really about us seeing ourselves in the older, older son. Because as followers of Jesus, as, as believers, we can quickly become like the older brother. We can begin, come into church or into any kind of environment where we're celebrating the, what Jesus is doing and be like, oh wait, you, they can't come. They haven't been here. They haven't been doing the work. They haven't checked off all the right things. And if we're not careful, we quickly can have an attitude of entitlement like the older brother did. I'm entitled to do, for, to do this. I'm entitled to receive this. I'm entitled to, to have the best seat in the house. When the reality is we're not really entitled to anything, just like the younger son wasn't entitled we all have been, we've all received the same grace, same extravagant grace, no matter our standing in the community. See, the difference between understanding grace and walking in entitlement is, is a big shift we need to make. It's like this. We can, it can be described either way. We live with entitlement. I do this, so I deserve that. Where is my reward? Or we can live under grace. I can do nothing. I deserve nothing. I am thankful for everything. It's a subtle shift in attitude that if, if we get them mixed up, we land in one of the two camps. The older son needed grace because he felt entitled to the reward. The younger son was living under grace because he didn't deserve it. And he was thankful that his father welcomed him home. The truth was that the party is for everyone because it's a desire for the family to be back together. God's heart is that heaven would not be without us. So he sent Jesus as the way so we can be with him. And we can have a reunion that we can celebrate together. The father is, is basically saying that both these sons need grace. One was lost in his rebellion, and the other one was lost in self-righteousness. Where do you land this morning? Where do we land this morning? We all are in need of grace. So our ability to celebrate other people's success is lost the moment we look for satisfaction in anything outside of Christ and often results in us seeing others without grace. So as soon as we lose vision, lose sight of what the mission that we're on is, as soon as we get distracted by, okay, I got to do all these things, I got to check off all the boxes, I got to wear the right clothing, I got to do all the things, like the Pharisees, right? 
The Pharisees felt like they needed to do, all, do the law just right. And in doing that, then they were able to receive God. But no, we just need to come before him and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need of your grace. If we lose sight of what, who Jesus really is and what he did, if we put our eyes on anything else, we lose sight of the vision the mission that God calls each of us to be on. We must truly acknowledge the grace that we've received from God before we are able to move freely in giving grace to others. The older brother wasn't able to, to give grace to his brother because he wasn't fully living in the grace that he was receiving on a daily basis. The third thing I think we see in this message, this passage is that the older brother had, had misplaced vision. He had lost sight of what he was intended to do. When we lose sight of the vision of the Father's love being for everyone, we quickly can begin to live in the wrong expectations, the wrong things. Luke 15, 29, we see this again, his older son's attitude, his, his misplaced vision. He's like, look, I've been here all these years. I've obeyed, I've commanded. His, his vision was on doing all the right things. He was so consumed in, in doing what he felt like he needed to do that he, he, he was entitled to the reward. He was entitled to be celebrated by his father, but yet... That's not what his father's heart was. His father's heart was to love both his sons. He desired for the everyone to be at home. We see in this story where, where the, the father is, is, is throwing this party for the younger son and, and in that moment he, when he realizes his older son's outside, he says, wait, stop the party. Hold the party. The party isn't able to go on until I go out and have my older son come and join us. The father-son recognized that it wasn't truly a homecoming. It wasn't truly a party until everyone was there. And so he, in his grace and mercy, says, hold on. I'm going to go. I'm going to go out. Just like I ran to my younger son and and went to him, I'm going to go out to the older son because I want him to have the same grace and love. This year, as we step into 2022, we desire that Man on BSC family lives out our mission with clarity. Our mission is to initiate and nurture a growing relationship with Christ. We desire that, that everyone experiences that grace. No matter where you see yourself in the story of the prodigal son, the older son or younger son, if you feel entitled to the reward or not, we at Man on BIC desire that every individual would experience the love and grace of Jesus. And as we initiate and nurture a growing relationship with Christ in ourselves, we are going to invite others in to be a part of the process. Other, we want others to come and experience Jesus the way we've experienced, experience the grace, and we want to celebrate individuals coming 
and being a part of the family. This morning, I'm not sure where you find yourself. I'm not sure if you find yourself feeling a little bit of resentment because maybe someone doesn't belong. Or maybe you're feeling like, I don't belong here because I've done so many things that are undeserving of the grace. We want you to know that the Father's running to you because he loves you. We want you to know that he runs to the younger brother. He's, he, in an undignified way, he picks up his robe and he runs and he says, welcome home. You belong here in the family. But he also goes out of the party and he goes to the older son and he says, son, I want you here. You've been living in the grace. You, this is all yours. Don't miss out on this unmerited grace. Even if you think that you need to do more to receive it, it's already yours. Jesus in this story of the prodigal son is painting, painting this picture of who Christ is and what he came for. It's a beautiful picture of the grace of God being extended to everyone. His love is abundant. His love is for all of us. His grace is unmerited. It's, there's nothing we can do to deserve it. But he desires us to come home and celebrate. We as a church desire that we regularly welcome people home. When we gather on Sunday mornings or Monday nights or Wednesday nights or any time throughout the week, we, as a, we desire that we're welcoming people in. We're saying, come on home. Let's celebrate. The grace of Jesus is for you. It's for me. And so as we live out our mission this year, may we desire that more and more people experience the grace of Jesus. And may our mission be to initiate, nurture, growing relationships with Christ in everyone's lives. May our relationship with Christ grow. May others be invited into that walk with Jesus. May we desire to be a place where we can celebrate homecoming of the lost on a daily basis. This morning, we're going to close with a song, Come to the Altar. And we, we recognize that no matter where you're at this morning, maybe at different places. Maybe you're feeling, hey, I'm not where I need to be. And we, you need to just like come to the altar and be like, God, just forgive me. I need your, I'm in need of your grace. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're like, you have that little bit of entitlement that's sitting in and you're like, okay, I deserve this. Maybe you need to come to the altar and, 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 and say, Father, forgive me. I'm on the outside of the party looking in and I'm not able to celebrate because I'm, I'm so distracted by thinking I'm, I'm living the way I'm supposed to be, but actually I'm missing out on the grace all along. So as we close, may you reflect on the grace of God and may you begin praying for those individuals that you know that are in your life that need that grace. And may our heart's desire be that all may experience the grace of God. Would you join us?